Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 377. Very excited. We're talking to Jihae Kim of Miss Kim on Korean Ancestors, Restaurant Pop-Ups, and a James Beard nomination. As always, also get into the comments and go and check out six questions with Jihae Kim so you can learn a little bit more in that amazing conversation. Uh, we got to learn a little bit about fermentation, absolute fermentation nerd here. So I was very excited about that. Some misconceptions about Korean cuisine, as well as chef as a second career which I think is fascinating as well. So make sure and check that out. And as always, we're here every single week, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Mountain. All right, let's bring in Jihae Kim now. Here we go. Good Hello. to see you. Good to see you too. Uh, you have me fired up, right? Uh, just for everyone, <laughs> a little glimpse behind the scenes, right? We do these, these, uh, these video casts, but before that, we do the six questions. And so I get really energized and you blew my mind talking about the importance and prioritizing fair wages. So everybody, again, huge plug to go check out that blog post, uh, really good stuff there. But let's, Let's talk about let's talk about Miss Kim, the concept uh, itself. Uh, give us a a little bit of the kind of the background, how it came about, and uh, and then we'll talk about again Korean ancestors. Love that. I want to talk about restaurant pop ups as a vehicle to be able to start your concept, and then the James Beard Foundation nomination, which I think is an important uh, aspect, not the award itself, but the acknowledgement of what you're trying to build. So let's get into that. But tell us about Miss Kim first. Okay. Miss Kim is a restaurant in Ann Arbor. Um, we say that our food is inspired by Korean ancestors and Michigan farmers. Um, so we take inspiration from everywhere. And, you know, I'm not a classically trained chef. So I looked at um, historical documents a lot. And if you study any like Korean cuisine, but also any like cuisine with long history, it will tell you that, um, where you are is really important and drawing from seasonal produce that's available to you is really important. So then I take that wisdom from my Korean ancestors and then I look around to see what we have from Michigan farmers and then those two things come together and show up on our menu. Yeah, that's so great. It's it's a lens to look through, right? I think that's sometimes important. We focus too much what's on the plate and for you it's like why and who is so much more important and and i really like that too because you know saying korean cuisine and then michigan farm to table that seems like an oxymoron it seems like they'd be at odds with each other the way that you're bringing that together very seamlessly and thoughtfully really really appreciate that and so you know korean ancestors what what does that mean to you when you're looking back at what your own ancestors or your general korean ancestral heritage like brings to the culinary world what are some of those things? Because we talked about it. It's not monolithic. It's not just spicy grilled meat with kimchi. There's so much more diversity. So channel that for us. Channel the ancestors for a moment. What do they want us to know about, about Korean cuisine? 
Yeah, I, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, That's a heavy CIU, question. I know. Yeah, it's a lot, but I'm gonna try to cover it and then not be super long-winded like yeah. I usually am. Okay, so you I go. think in a, in a big scheme of things, big scheme of things, food is just fascinating because um, I think you need to understand it's like a big story, right? I think of it as a big story time. And when I like, you know, take a day in my life, and then I think uh, uh, if I this is asparagus and ram season right now in Michigan. So if I want to take asparagus, which is not native to Korea, um, what would I do with it? Or what if I chopped it into like a rice cake dish, which is traditionally Korean? Like, what is the story behind that? What allows me to use asparagus, this sort of foreign produce into a traditional dish? Then what I need to do is understand the story of that dish. So I like look at the story of the dish, go back as far as I can in all the uh, reproductions of ancient cookbooks from like few centuries ago. And then I understand that now it's known as a quintessential street food. But back then it was a, a rich people food because rice right. is expensive and mm. it used to have like 20 ingredients in them. A lot of it is uh, uh, produce that's available in season. And so then I need to understand that part of like the sort of like a starting point per se that I can find and then how it evolves throughout the century. So if uh, there's a rice cake dish that's coming from 18th century, what did it look like in the 19th century? What did it look like in the 20th century when the Korean War happened and rice was not as available and Korea was back then struggling poor country? Did we use rice or did we use uh, wheat because it's cheaper? And what did the street vendors do? Did they use tons of expensive ingredients like they used to do before? Or they started adding gochujang in to bring up a lot of flavor without having to a lot of, add a lot of produce. So then it's impossible to take this simple dish that's known as like a street quintessential street food. It's really cheap in Korea. And then not understand the story of Korean people and story of Korean food. And then I have to kind of channel that through my experience as a Korean American immigrant living in Michigan and think like, if I were to add just one sentence to this long story that's fascinating of Korean American, Korean food and Korean American food, then what would I add? And then I think like, then I think I would work with Michigan farmers and add what's available here to that story. And if I were to have a restaurant not in Michigan, maybe if it was in California, it would look different. If it were in Korea, it would be it'd be looking different. And I think that like that's totally fine as long as you, as long as you tell that story, you understand that story, and you do it thoughtfully. So that's sort of like a long winded answer that I try to encompass everything. Uh, amazing answer! Look, you're Jihei. You're clearly a philosopher and a storyteller and food just happens to be your medium and i think that is what makes for a great chef that's the future of us it's not because we are badasses in the kitchen and can pump out 400 plates and and all the technique and stuff like that's the barrier for entry perhaps what you're talking about is more important it's not fusion you're taking the next logical and emotional step for yourself and your people, be it your ancestors or your current community. That's the whole, that's, that's it. Yeah. And for this, for this it. moment in time, right, right where I am. Yeah, exactly that. And, and the story is not properly punctuated. It's just a lot of commas. 
because it yeah. continues to go and go and evolve. There is no end to that sentence like you're talking about. It has to continue to evolve. So, oh, I love it. I don't know what we're going to talk about next. Were we going to talk about anything next? Yes. Let's talk <laughs> about restaurant pop-ups. So much of our, our audience, we're really trying to empower the future leaders of our industry and give them the tools and understanding that a lot of us didn't have because we were so focused on only what goes on the plate that we didn't understand what it meant to open a business. We were so focused on opening the brick and mortar restaurant. But you took a different path again, starting as a second career, but then you went into pop-ups. You went to look at like, let me play around a little bit. Or as you said, I'm going to fuck around a little bit and find that, that sweet spot. I think yeah. people need to start with pop-ups. They need to have lower risk when they start a little bit before they go and sign a lease and put themselves a quarter of a million dollars in debt and yada, 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 all that stuff. Restaurant pop-ups. What did you do? Why was it important? Why do we need to have restaurant pop-ups as a vehicle for starting your concept? Yeah. I mean, this sounds like nuts when I think of it now and I'm 44. Back then I was 27, 28, 29. I was just like, oh my God, I am too old to be starting in the restaurant industry. I got to find a way so that I don't have to go to culinary school and I don't have to be a kitchen slave peeling artichokes for like six months in a row without getting right. paid as an unpaid intern. Like, what can I do? And I was looking for... Basically, like, just like you said, I was going to fuck around and find out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking for a way to sort of like play house without having the house. Right. So pop-up was a natural um, thing. I think, um, I think the pop-ups, especially with the pandemic has gotten so much easier. And I really recommend people to do that. Back then, like seven years ago, when I was doing it in Ann Arbor, um, I was just simply um, trying to run a, a business, like even if I was just selling 10 buns a day and then, and then I took money in for that. Like I was, I wanted to know like, what was my top line sales? What was my food cost? How much did I actually spend on the ingredients? How many hours did I put in? And, and I didn't have to pay rent but I had to pay like something for the host hosting place. Then like in the end, did I make money or not? So I was running those numbers and doing inventory once a month, basically playing restaurant at sort of somebody else's dime because mm -hmm. it was somebody else's facility. And I think uh, if I think the opportunities to do pop-ups are wonderful that way, because you can make it as complex as a brick and mortar restaurant and do your work, like do the recipe work. Don't just, pull something out of your bum, like write it down in grams, in volume and see if that works. And if it doesn't work, just change one ingredient and then try it again and try it again. You're thinking of it as like a research and development phase for the next big thing you're going to do yeah. and have, have fun because you're not paying rent. You're not paying utilities. Your friends are probably helping you. I would still count the hours to make sure how many hours of labor went in. Mm -hmm. But this is time to have fun and like be carefree and not have bills as many bills and then just really go for it. And uh, the, I think the guest expectations for pop is very different than guest ex expectations for brick and mortar that's open next right. five to six days a week. So you can have fun with it. I have my food, even if the menu was different. Oh, and so good. Here's... Here's a couple things I want to unpack for everybody who's who's watching, listening to this. We menu test all the time. Why don't we financials and business test? Because that's what you're talking about is like really allowing yourself at a lower risk to be able to 
move numbers around to be able to make mistakes when the when the stakes aren't as high so i think that's that's really important for people to understand you're also you're building a, a brand like you're starting to connect with your potential customers your community the audience that you're going to have in the long term so i think that's really important opportunity and you get to interact with them because it's smaller you might be open one day a week go find that restaurant in your town that's closed on Mon sunday and monday get in there like be able to to do that i think is really important so i appreciate that and you were able to do that with the iconic zingerman's then uh became part of your backing right again article learn about zingerman's first job for you who are i mean absolute staples of the ann arbor scene and have been for so long uh so i think that that really helps to have that kind of support which again was what we're trying to create we need more support we need more mentors and uh, information out there so we can make decisions in this industry and so all of that led you to now congratulations a james beard you know uh, nomination that's that's such an acknowledgement for the work that you've done i'm sure you never imagined that when you started at 27 in the deli at zingerman's but what does that mean for you personally for your community for your team for the ancestors like give us an idea of what that acknowledgement means um well, I just want to first clarify it's a long list. So of course. So I still have ways to go. But um if I well, I try not to take it too seriously and hold it close to my heart without bragging or like not to get it to my head and yeah. then develop a big ego or something, because I, I still think that I'm still on a journey to do more and better. We're still writing that sentence yes um, yeah we're still writing that sentence we're keep we're still in the middle of telling that story but if i were to take a pause and think about it i think it is amazing that you know ann arbor is not a big city right. and and um we're not in like dc or new york or la and so to my first reaction was really like they don't I exist <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. That was my first reaction, and it was really uh, unbelievable for a while. And on a personal level, it's a sort of like a nod. It's like an acknowledgement. I was like, uh, "We see yeah. you. Yeah, we see what you're trying to do." And also that it's okay that we're not doing fine dining in any way, and but we're also not like a college town, $12 an hour entree, every ingredient coming from Cisco, menus the same from one, one restaurant to another restaurant to another restaurant. Yeah. We're trying to do something a little different and pay homage to where we are in Michigan. So on a personal level, to have that acknowledged almost feels as though, mm, like I don't want to sound super sentimental, but like- Go there. Yeah, yeah, I'll go there. What the fuck? Yeah, I'll go there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you are a minority and you're like an immigrant, then you think about your identity a lot. And and me, like I wasn't born here. I came here when I was thirteen, so I was old enough to really think about that. And then the change was shocking enough because it's not like I was born here and then I slowly grew into it. It's just like a sort of like a big change. So. In, in like a very sentimental way that I don't want to admit very openly is like sort of acknowledging like, hey, you're you're Korean and, and you're American and you're Michigander and that's all okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Don't worry, it's just you and me talking. So you don't have to. Sure, that's, sure. That's, just that's, you exact, and me. that's exactly right. There, there is a level 
of acknowledgement and acceptance. But for you, it's like you are finding that in yourself and now you're seeing that echoed by others. And that absolutely feels good and right. And it should. And, and there's so many other people that go into that for you. You, you know, again, fair wages, check out the article. I feel like I'm plugging this article really heavy because I was super inspired by you. So uh, that's, that's exactly it. You're investing in your community and people differently because your ancestors invested in getting you here. So I love everything that we're talking about. Really appreciate this. Jihei Kim, thank you so much for the inspiration you've given me personally. I know Ann Arbor is so behind you. And now, you know, now you have a national platform as well. So keep doing what you're doing. And you and I are going to talk a lot more, I'm sure. Thank you. Thank you so right. much for having have me a here. Great rest of your day. Cheers. You too. All right, everyone. That is it. Jihei Kim, absolute visionary leader and such an important voice for our industry. So once again, this was Best Served Podcast 377. We got to talk to Jihei Kim of Miss Kim, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, absolutely on the culinary map. Going to help push us forward in the future of this industry that needs to be equitable, profitable, sustainable, and tell stories. I want all of you think about that. What's the story you're going to contribute? What's the sentence that you're going to contribute to the culinary narrative? That's it. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.